And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch. From growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. In regards to helping your business grow, you got to have the right people at your company and so much talk about how do you get them in the boat? Well, having great employer benefits or employee benefits is a great way to get started. That's what we're going to talk about today. Before I introduce who I'm having today's conversation with today's episode, Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult and Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team. Go to Fullscale.io to learn more. That's my company. If you didn't already know that, we love talking to Startup Hustle guests and I'm hoping to hear from you. With me today, I have Glenn Fisher and Glenn's the CEO of NavMD. You can go to NavMD, that's N-A-V-M-D.com and learn more about Glenn's business. There's also a link for that in the show notes is where I think you should probably start. Go ahead and check that out. And please ignore my my extra background noise that I always tell people we shouldn't do here in the recording studio. So Glenn, maybe that was your cue to, for me to say welcome to Startup Hustle. Yeah, thanks a lot, Matt. I appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, well, I'm glad you made it in. And you know, so let's just go ahead and get right into this conversation by a little bit of your backstory. Yeah, my backstory is I've been a serial entrepreneur since I was a little kid. Um, I've always found a knack for, and I feel pretty blessed about the opportunities to 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 hear about problems and to figure out a way to solve those problems. Whether you know it's it just snowed and I see an opportunity to go door to door and start shoveling some driveways for you know, older people or, you know, it, that's, that's what, that's how I started my entrepreneurial career is mowing lawns, um, uh, shoveling driveways. Um, and, uh, and it's just grown from there. I just published a, a, a reel on the startup hustle Instagram about my first startup journey that was recurring. And I used to paint address numbers on curbs, you know, the white box, oh, black, absolutely. Like door to door. We did that, did that done. years. Well, we got, we got, uh, well, the, the pricing changed over time Yeah, uh, and we got better at it over time, but yeah, people really enjoyed that story. It's actually our most popular video on all of our social platforms. So yeah, check out at startup hustle podcast. It's all over, but uh, yeah, it, entrepreneurship starts, starts early for so much of us, you know, and that's, uh, I did the lawn mowing, the, the, I had a fear of it snowing, but didn't, because I hate the cold. I'm like yeah. a warm weather guy, but didn't want to miss the opportunity to go make a buck. And I felt like painting curbs at least occurred during sunny weather. So, you know, we talk about any good business, any software product, anything that gets big or makes money or has a lot of promise solves a problem. So what's the problem that NavMD solves? Yeah. So as I mentioned for 30 plus years, I've been a serial entrepreneur. And I've had the opportunity to work with thousands and thousands of employees. 
And about 166 million Americans get their health coverage from their employer. So every year I would meet with my benefit advisor and it was time for a renewal. And guess what? My rates are going up 10, 15, 20%. I, um, in 2023 alone, they estimate that the healthcare costs are going to go up 10% for all employers. So that particular deal, it, it, it tells you that, hey, this problem, mo- most um, CEOs and entrepreneurs think that this problem's uncontrollable. So, you know, like we always look at our, our, expense, our, our expenses and, and we work to improve the cost structure of our expenses. And most of them just put that aside and say, it's uncontrollable. Let's just take our, our medicine and go on to the next year. And what they do is my rates are going up. I'm going to adjust my plan and give my employees crappier coverage. They're going to pay more for that crappier coverage. And, and then I'm going to take a hit to my bottom line. And that's the routine each year when it comes to employee benefits with most employers out there. So what I learned after setting out to buy a company in 2018, when I found NavMD, I was like, well, this is it. We can zero in on what's happening with a health plan and provide actionable insights. But what I realized is actionable insights are only actionable if somebody's doing something about it. So we had to make it really easy for employers to see how these insights can deliver better plan performance and how they can take control their health plan and realize that it is not an uncontrollable expense. It's actually controllable by partnering with the right people and implementing the right strategies and solutions. It never ceases to amaze me how many entrepreneurs don't seem to understand that saving money is making money. Oh yeah. You know, I see a lot of people there, you know, you're, uh, yeah, we all want revenue growth, but here's the thing. If you're spending 10 more dollars to increase your revenue by however many dollars, like you can lower your costs. That's one less thing to do. The, the pinnacle of, of a great business is selling more and spending less. And right. there are so many different things. And I, I agree with you. I don't think that there are these runaway costs. I've, I've, I sit down once a quarter and go through a lot of stuff. I mean, it's, it's, and this is out of the line of employee benefits, but I'm talking subscriptions, just weird stuff that's out there. And, you know, I got 300 employees. So Mm -hmm. sometimes these things just kind of pop up and they sit there. And I, I mean, I literally, I encourage people to look at these expenses. They're like, Oh, it's $20 a month. No, it's not. It's $240 a year. Well, as it relates to health benefits, that is typically the number two or three expense for an employer. And guess what happens when you decrease your cost of employee benefits, your profits go up. And guess what happens then? Your enterprise value goes goes up. up. So typical employer, thousand employees is probably spending $8 million a year with just getting access to the data and implement and doing a complete review of the data. We are able to deliver about 1.2 million back to that employer with just reviewing the claims data and refiling a portion of those claims. Interesting. Interesting. So that, and that's within the same policy then. 
Right. It's not even changing because that's one of the things that, you know, we did that a few years ago because, well, we were seeking cost savings. I didn't know NavMD existed at the time. Right. Um, but we went through and, you know, we're like, had gone through a broker and we're looking at it and, you know, we kind of went out and shopped for some stuff and we're like, you know, this has got to be cheaper somewhere, but it was a real pain in the ass to switch and move over to another platform. I mean, finding existing savings with where we're at would have been good. Yeah. I think um, the key there is to find what I call the next generation advisor, the guy that is really completely vested in taking a fresh look at how things are being done within a, with, within an employer, within that, within that benefits package. Because if, if you have that kind of guy, he's gonna, he's gonna take a fresh look and go, okay, well, you're, you're basically paying premium now and you're, and you're, and you're um, fully insured. Employers that have more than 50 employees should take a different approach to that and, and, and typically look at more of a self-funded model with yeah. a big backstop protects you from having that catastrophic loss. That's what, that's what we do now. And that's mainly, you know, uh, hundreds of employees in the Philippines actually, which is a country that has nationalized healthcare. Yeah. So technically for me to employ a person there, the law is that it costs me like $15 a month and them $15 a month. And that is actually like healthcare. Now we provide a level of HMO that, enhances that and boosts that up because that general level is pretty basic. Like you can go have a baby, but you're going to do it in a room with a bunch of other people who just had a baby kind of yeah. things or the H, which, you know, Hey, that's not the end of the world. No. Um, trust me, you'll be all right. No, that's certainly not how I had a kid here. I feel like that was probably pretty expensive for my healthcare plan, but, for sure. but yeah, we, we definitely got to a point where, you know, we just basically self-funded it and, you know, pay those expenses and have a backstop there. And that was, that's the first time I'd ever done that, but we continue to kind of look at how we can improve that. And, you know, I, I've realized that there's so many employees and talented people that are like, this is the, this is the whole, the whole premise of this episode is if you want to have the best people, you have to have the best offer. And at the same time, you have to run your business within the financial constraints that make sense for the business. So I think what happens with it, what I've noticed with a lot of plans or offerings is you got X amount of that in the budget. You're maybe, you understand some inflationary stuff with that, but your coverage can kind of get worse over the years. And if you, and, right. and your employees definitely notice that, you know, I can, and it, exactly. I, I'm old enough to remember when they actually had like no deductible plans, which don't even exist now uh, that yeah. I'm aware of. You, you'd be surprised. So that's, you hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, employers are expected to deliver world-class benefits today yep. to hire and retain the best people. So the typical approach, as I mentioned earlier, is let's adjust the plan and give them a crappier plan. The employees will pay more for that crappier plan. And then the employer will take a hit to their bottom line. But it does not have to be that way. In working with a next generation advisor, they are implementing plans that have Zero contribution, zero deductible, and zero copays. Shine Solar is a perfect example of that. They have over 320 employees, and when when we start started providing them data um, a few years back, they had 75 or 80 employees, and they basically contribute taking control of their health plan 
as one of the main reasons they were able to grow because they were able to take the money they were using for that health plan and invest it in more people. Because saving money is making money. Exactly. That's, that's like, uh, you go back to even like Ben Franklin, you know, with the good old penny saved is a penny earned, but I'm telling you, man, I, I go through this with people all the time and I've advised so many businesses, examined, considered investing in some of them. And, you know, it's, it's amazing because I find that a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, they'll spend $10 to create a dollar of revenue or to make, you know, or something. And, yeah. and and, you know, they look at, well, I learned this as the founder of Gigabook because it was an you know, appointment setting platform. You actually use it to schedule this, this podcast episode. And, you know, that the efficiency that was created, I was like, oh my God, people are just going to go crazy for this. And the number one thing was like, well, how do I get, how do I fill my appointments more? Like they needed the access to the sales. I realized if we had focused our solution towards that, we probably could have sold something instead for $15 a month, $150 a month, yeah, because, you know, people are willing to spend 10 times more where at the same time, like saving a couple bucks here and there will make the difference. I love the growth, the growth example, because I think that it, businesses need to regularly review that. And oh, yeah, I mean, so, I have a question. So you keep talking about you say the data. Yeah. So is NavMD, is that the is that the, the main, the main driver of what makes the platform valuable is it, it like let's talk about that like how does it work yeah great question so um the blueprint for fixing health benefits starts with data you got to understand what's happening today to create the clarity and focus on what you should do to fix your benefits so the first part of getting access to the data is building that foundation so that foundation is bringing in all the data sources into one source of truth. That's medical, pharmacy, dental, vision, biometrics, all the data sources. Then once you have the data in the database, we enrich the data so it tells a better story. So typically, if you're looking at raw claims data, you got you got to do a lot, you got to spend a lot of time to understand what that's saying. What we do is we group those claims into episodes of care so we can truly know what's happening within a population. And we assign a risk level to every single member so we can manage that, that population and determine if it's getting riskier or less risky down to the member. The third piece of that is we have all the claims data. So $325 billion a year of claims get paid that shouldn't have. It's a thing called auto adjudication. 80% of claims get paid through the auto adjudication process. When that happens, errors happen. We review those claims. We flag the ones that could potentially be um, paid incorrectly. And then we have people reach out to the members and refile those claims. We deliver 5% back to the plan and, and a good portion of that goes back to the members. The other thing we do in the foundational piece of our program is 100 million people in America qualify for free or discounted care. But when they go to the hospital, the hospital doesn't say, hey, Matt, um, maybe you qualify for free or discounted care for this situation that you just came in. They 
never bring that up. 3,000 hospitals that are nonprofit, 1,100 for-profit hospitals provide for your discounted care based on income, family income. We, we scan all that data, flag the ones that could potentially qualify for that free or discounted care, and then meet with the employee and the member to determine if they qualify. And if they do, we file financial assistance uh, for that deal and get the money back to the plan and to the member. That's what we do as a foundational piece, just right out of the gate. And then the real magic happens when we optimize the plan figure out what strategies we should be implementing and, and, and what solutions we could bring in. And then we track the success of all of that. Cause I'm sure when you, when you've bought benefits in the past, your broker would come in and he would say, Matt, we got to try this gym memberships. We got to bring in gym memberships or that's, that's actually the question doesn't work. There's a lot. I feel I'm sitting here listening and I'm thinking about, there's all there's there's benefits that because man I've gone through this whole gamut with the rapidly growing company and like you know and I, and we're constantly talking about gem memberships or this or that or whatever and then you know some of it's like I I feel like employers probably spend a lot of money on on junk on junk yeah they do. basically things you don't need and it's I, not tracked that was my question is like is there an examination of that because you, you we talk about we've used the 300, 320 person companies that seems like a good Thing to roll with now like it's one of the things that you'll look at is like okay so you're paying for an eye plan but there's only 30 people here that actually use it right yeah that's called utilization and yeah we definitely provide that type of feedback on on those particular things um i, I think uh you know probably a better example of of um like what's working like you know obviously those wellness type programs um and gym memberships are are you know, have been overused over the years and not tracked. And it's really hard to see the ROI. Mm-hmm. So we focus on strategies and solutions that, that we can measure. The most influential part of a health plan is pharmacy costs. So it, on a $10 million plan, 3 million of it is typically pharmacy costs. And when you look at the portion of pharmacy costs that are that are those specialty medications, the ones you see on TV, like you're watching the Chiefs game and this commercial of really happy people in bright colors, and they're so happy on their medications. Those are the specialty medications. And um, when we review those, we can basically eliminate 80 to 90% of those costs by buying them differently. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, we deliver 8 to 12% back to the plan, which on a, you know, a $10 million plan, that's a, you know, that's a pretty good number. I mean, that's a million bucks back to the plan. And what can you do with that million bucks? You can hire more people. You can build a building, you can buy a piece of equipment. Those are all things that are, that are controllable, but employers don't think it is. So yeah, everyone's looking for this silver bullet solution in so many cases, and it, they usually don't exist. There's usually this collective element. You almost kind of build a Lego castle of sorts, and that's what I'm. That's what I'm sensing here with what NavMD does is like three percent here, one percent here, nine percent there. But now here's the thing: I mean, you start adding a lot of these things up, you get oh wait, that's thirty percent, that's forty percent, or whatever, and. And I think that's a key. It's like you look at so many different solutions, options. It's well, for example, like the you know, climate change is a big 
thing. And people are like, oh, we'll solve it with solar. No, it's got to have like nine different things that'll right. work in, in nine different ways. And it's just like a whole lot of, I don't know if that was an appropriate example or not, but there's this silver bullet solution, like the, the one side, like here it is, just one shot and it's over. It's usually, I find that the best solutions are collective. Right. And, and people look at it, you know, one of the reasons a lot of people don't, don't accomplish what they want or achieve their goals is that they look at these things as a singular action. Yeah. When the real accomplishment is really that step by step, bite by bite, you know, they, they, I don't approve of harming elephants, but they say you need to bite, uh, eat the elephant one bite at a time and maybe yeah. start with the tail. And yeah, that's, that's, just, it's that's just, it's just little steps and you can reverse engineer your own success by figuring out where you want. You just go backwards and you'll find that it's not like, like the, the norm, just the, the layman's example is the most popular goal is to buy a house. Like that's a big one for people of uh, everywhere. Oh, sure. And, but that's not a singular action. Like how many different things need to occur? So if you want to you know, accomplish it, you got to figure out what those are and you got to just get one check mark at a time. And next thing you know, you've got like 80 check marks right. and you're like, Hey, I'm where I need to be. Yeah. And that, that, that's a great point because, you know, fixing benefits, it starts with data, but you create a three to five year plan, which we call a risk management plan as a result of, of what the data says. And, and it's one bite at a time. You, you, you can't accomplish everything at once, but each year you can tackle uh, one or two issues and track those to make sure that, that you're delivering the return on investment to the plan to truly improve plan performance and deliver better benefits to uh, the employees. I wanted to take a moment and pause because, you know, the, I want to point out NavMDs here in my hometown of Kansas City and and we decided to come into 2023 with uh, like we like we have in the past few years by bringing our hometown founders in. So welcome with that. And, you know, a few months ago, I got to welcome five of Kansas City's Inc. 5000 founders to the show. And, you know, say so we have another amazing Kansas City based company here in the studio. And you know, that was a, a cool series. If you want to go back and, and learn more about what's going on in our hometown, um, which, you know, we've had listeners in 194 countries at this point. I didn't even know there were that many countries, by the way. Like, wow. Yeah. I was like, wow. And sometimes I'm like, who are these people? Uh, so thank you for everyone. But, but we always like to bring it back locally. So I wanted, I, I forgot to point that out earlier. Uh, you know, and then also, you know, this month we're featuring uh, Kansas city's top startups. If you listen to the show regularly, you know, we virtually travel to a new city every month. So this month you'll, you'll be hearing more from Kansas city's top startups. And I just wanted to point that out and also remind you that today's episode of startup hustles brought to you by fullscale.io hire developers, maybe make it quick and easy. That's the whole, that's the problem we solve, Glenn. So, you know, there's back to the, the, you know, the saving money and, and offering great benefits. Like we've talked about, I think we've threw a lot of stuff out there. Let's try to be hyper-specific here. Like what's the number one thing that people save money on? I don't know if we, we clearly defined that. Oh yeah, yeah. It is okay. So we probably mentioned it, but I so, don't know if we put a number one next to it. So I, I I'll name three. Yeah. One, three hundred twenty-five billion dollars a year of claims are paid that shouldn't have. Been. Okay. It's easy to review those claims, refile those claims, and deliver five percent back to the plan. Okay. Second, lots of people go to the hospital that are that get their insurance from their employer. Um, many, I, I call it the blue collar rating. Um, teachers city workers, um, 
they qualify for free or discounted care. And this can go up to about 130 to 140,000 of household income. I mean, so it's a, it's a big number. It's not, Hey, you're making $20,000 a year. You qualify, duh, you qualify for free or discounted care at that number, but we're talking bigger numbers. That's the second thing. The third thing is pharmacy. It is a no brainer to look and rethink of the way employees buy pharmacy. And these are, these are things that don't affect the employee. Many are, are done behind the scenes uh, with the employer and the benefit advisor to fix these problems. So what are the, what, and this is maybe a, a, just as opinion, this doesn't have to necessarily be fully data backed, but you're, you're as an employer you're sitting there and you're like, what do I need to put in this plan? What should I maybe omit? Like, what do you, what's your opinion on what are the most valuable benefits that are going to attract the, or keep employees around? Like what is, what are the most popular things? What am I going to get the best ROI on for offering that to my employee base? Yeah, that's um, there. There's a lot of studies and there's been a lot of research done on that. Um, That is probably a question geared toward a benefit advisor more so than me. Um, But, but I can tell you that you got to have medical, you got to have dental and most employers have, have, um, have vision and some of the some of the other disability, short term, long term. Those those are kind of you know blocking and tackling. And then there's other things like pet insurance and other things that some companies evaluate um, as it relates to those things. But that's not the area I focus on. I, I'm I'm really trying to empower benefit advisors to to think differently and be more innovative. And I'm I'm trying to let employers know that. Hey, this number two expense on your on your on your um, profit and loss statement is one hundred percent controllable, and we can help you fix it. Not only can we help you fix it, but we guarantee whatever you spend on analytics, you will get a return, and the average return is one hundred and thirty-five to one. That means uh, Chris's wife's company; um, they have I. Th- think a couple hundred employees, they're going to spend $2,100 to get access to the data that they need to understand what's happening with their plan. They should expect about 135 to one return. And by the way, Chris is our sales director here at Full Scale. So <laughs> yeah, he's a, a, just to put some clarity there. So, I mean, that's, that's a great return. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really amazing the things that people innovate that and you know, it's a, this data driven world that's out there. Uh, let's, let's shift for a second. Cause you know, we talked a lot about the employee benefits and let's talk about us as entrepreneurs a little bit. Yeah. What's been the more challenging part of, you know, you, so you acquired NABMD in 2018, is that correct? Yes. Okay. So what, what, what has been the most challenging thing of getting from 2018 to what is now 2023? Yeah. So um, I would say, let's see, this is 2023. 2022, I would, the best word I would describe was a grind. Prior to that, the words get worse. Um, I acquired a company <laughs> um, that was, has been around since 20, 2005, and the founder was based in Tennessee. 
And that was a tactful way to avoid <laughs> swearing a whole bunch. You know, we mark all the episodes explicit. So, it, oh, you okay. do? Oh, if you good. need to, you can. You oh, know, great. We had to go there. It's, do you know how hard it is to get through a 45 minute, honest, transparent conversation with another entrepreneur and not swear? Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I've been trying. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like I've accomplished it pretty well. You know, I read this thing that said that people that, swear or smarter. And that's when I realized I might be a hidden genius and yeah. not know it because yeah, it's uh, it's uh, anyway, that well, I, I had to start, point, I have to point that out. That was because most people just lay it out there or, or it's weird fudge. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. You can say, it. you can say yeah. it. It's, it's okay. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's, it's been a real grind because the, the application that I acquired was something you had to install on a PC. Mm. Yeah. I run a Mac just that's like not, you. That's I've never thing. had yeah. the technology yeah. on my computer at all. So I rebuilt the entire thing from scratch and it, you know, to get to where you want to be, it never happens quick enough. It's a lot more expensive than you ever imagined. And I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know, but um, you know, I'm sure there's some listeners out there that might be thinking about buying a, pl- building a platform and, and, um, you know, it, it takes time, a lot of patience. I mean, my first platform I built was in the fintech space and, you know, we, we grew that to 2,500 people doing two and a half billion a year in, in consumer finance. And, um, that took a while to build as well on the customer service piece. You know, Warren Buffett's pretty famously quoted for saying nine women don't make a baby in a month. And <laughs> And the first time I ever heard that, I was like, wow, that just makes so much sense. And I tell people that all the time when it comes to software. And that's the, because, you know, I have conversations with people a lot and they'll say, well, will it go faster if I put nine people on? Actually, it might go slower. And and there's a lot to be said about yeah. that. And, um, you know, there's, uh, there's I, I've learned two things, if only two things as an entrepreneur. It's one, that all businesses have problems. Oh, and yeah. two, all software has bugs. There is no such thing as software without bugs. Anybody that tells you that they built software and they're like, I have a bug-free platform, they do not know their own platform. For I mean, sure. The, 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 some of the, okay, Microsoft Word at this point is like one of the original gangsters of software. It's like one mm-hmm. of the very first things that all of us use. It has thousands of known bugs and things that it needs to fix. Oh, yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, so you're, you're, you got to try to minimize that. You got to, and I say that, yeah, I own a company that helps people build software because I realize that's part of it. And a lot of those bugs occur for reasons that you can't you can't control. It's not your fault that Google Chrome changed something about it broke a little piece of your front end or right. that AWS did a server upgrade and it it flicked off a switch that didn't need on, but now you do. And there's just weird stuff in there. And so that that the, the caveat with that is if you're going to build something like you got to, it's building software is like having, it's like having a child. I mean, you have to raise it. You have to have patience with it when it's For early. Sure. You know, we just, oh man, you want to talk about crazy decisions. I just got my kids a puppy. For Christmas and then hearing, and then it snowed and was negative 12 yeah. for a week uh, here in Kansas city over Christmas, yeah. which they don't want to go outside. Oh, my my wife actually on Amazon bought a a like two foot long by one foot wide box that has grass in right. it, like real grass 
we did the same thing with our puppies. We had to because yep. this little French bulldog, six and a half pounds, man, and like <laughs> it didn't want to go outside. But the, the, yeah. it's, I'm learning. I'm, I'm just reminded that software is kind of like raising a puppy. You kind of, it's going to shit on the rug a little bit in the beginning, yeah. and you want to kind of you have to have patience with it and teach it and raise it. And, and you know, with it, but the more you put into it, and the more you focus, and the more you teach it, train it, love it, exercise patience with it. Oh yeah. That's, that's maybe as I've gotten older as an entrepreneur, that's, I, and I, and I spend a lot of conscious time trying to, trying to work on that, you know, in, in many regards and, and, you know, the understanding that things don't always happen instantly as an entrepreneur, what's like, as you've, as you've gained experience and gone down the road, where is there an evolutionary moment or something that you might be way better at now that like 15 years ago, I didn't want a co-founder. Now I don't know if I'd start a new business without one. Yeah, I, I don't, um, I've been in Kansas City since 1990, and I have found this place to be an amazing place to, to lead businesses. And when I first moved here, I, I, I moved here because my wife is from here, and I didn't really know what I was going to do, and, and it was just a weird way I got started. And um, I was at the Kansas City Club drinking a beer with a friend, and the guy next to me was cussing in the phone, screaming and yelling. And I, after he hung up, I said, Hey, are you okay? And he goes, I hate fucking Deffenball. And I went to trash company. Who's right? Deffenball? Yeah. It's trash company. Yeah. Right? Trash company. Yeah. So he tells me he's got 50 guys on a job making prevailing wage, which at the time was probably 2750 an hour. And they're standing around waiting for an empty container, completely frustrated. I mean, because he is, his cost structure of his business just went up. So I said, okay, well, what if I buy a couple trucks and 40 containers? Would you be my first customer? And he said, yeah. So I went to First Business Bank on the plaza. Pete Rizel was the guy's name. And, and I'll, I'll never forget him because in 1990, he gave me a chance. Like today you go to a bank and have an idea. That they're they're going to be like, yeah, buddy, uh, we're not, we can't help you. Trigger warning on that. Don't get me started on banks and lending. And like, that's like, we've talked so much about startup financing and like, you know, all right, fuck it. Since we already swore and you did it first, you did it first. I don't care. I'll say it all day, man. My, I have a six year old and an eight year old that drop F bombs. I'm not proud of that, but I can't stop it. My wife is like, this is your fault. And I'm like, yeah, I, what you gotta do but yeah i go to all these startup events and 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 different stuff and they're just all these bankers swarming around and they want you to park your capital or do your business account there and none of them will give you a loan no not if you're not if you're a tech startup right if if you need money they won't give it to you if you don't need money like i get Five or six but emails as, but a week. But as a tech company, you even if you have recurring revenue, you don't have the traditional assets that right. the bank wants. Now, when you went to go buy containers or trucks or trash cans, like yeah. I literally had a CEO of a bank, and I won't mention he he like they can't do anything with or for you, and he's like, and I'm frustrated because, but yet he can take a semi truck full of bolts. That mm-hmm. if they had to repo, they wouldn't be able to do anything oh, with they'd them. Get like pennies on the dollar. But the, and they, so that what they were, they weren't looking at our company. They were looking at the investments we had made because Fullscale's put a couple million dollars into other software startups. Right. And they're sitting there going, these aren't publicly traded. I can't give you a dollar. And I'm sitting here going, man, 
Yeah. You know, so yeah, the banking side of thing is, is frustrating. And, and, you know, maybe that's an employee benefit that someone could learn to fix on right. some regards. And it's not necessarily at an entrepreneur level, but that's some of the, some of the things you talk about and they're kind of circling back to employee benefits. And, you know, I'm assuming that you guys work with um, all American companies and clients. Yes. Okay. Right. Yep. So, but, but, and man, it, the, the healthcare system here, and I, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole because we might be here all day, but, right. but you know, it's, things are so different in a lot of different countries and the expectation of what they want. And like you mentioned, like the pharmacy thing, that was actually something we just added into all of our employees because that was a big thing for them and that's what they wanted. And I think when it comes to employee benefits and what you offer, I think start by asking your people what's important to them. Oh, for sure. Because that's, that's, you I'll, got I'll, to. I'll pull the whole entire, like I do these little like type form questionnaires that'll like go out and ask like, hey, what's important to you? And sometimes it's almost like a true or false. Like, would you rather have a gym membership or or a, a, a 1% pay raise or yeah. something like that? And, you know, well, first off, I find that, that a lot of the benefits and things that sometimes get suggested um, are really just better off to maybe pay people a couple more dollars. Cause yeah. like some of the things is like, you know, like the, the gym membership thing. And we'll pick on that for a minute. Like, well, not everyone goes to the gym. Like yeah, what does the, that the extend? Health, the healthy like, people go to the gym. Well, and how many people are going to sign up for that? And then you'll end up paying for it. And then, okay. And so we're go. recording this in early January, which is peak season for new gym memberships. And most of those people aren't going to be there in March. So yeah. just, but ask your people what's important to them and, and put your finger on the pulse of your business and ask what's important. And we did yeah. that. So some of the things that we did and we changed over, over the years is, and this isn't common here, but one of the benefits that we offer in the Philippines is, um, and this is a kind of a grim subject, but it's a burial assistance mm. for fam, for family. And you, God bless and hope that that doesn't happen. But in some cases, so in, you know, in foreign countries, it's more of a nuclear family. So where does right. that extend up and down the ladder? And that was one that came up and, you know, and then some of it was just like asking people what they're using and what they don't. I will tell you, I have a big appreciation for what you're doing with the data because we have a difficult time examining that at all. Yeah, and, we're think, in, and we have one of the self-funded plans like you manage. Yeah. And it's like now with that, that saved us a tremendous amount of money because it was back to a utilization thing. You've also got my head spinning here because I'm like, how many bad claims am I paying out? Oh, yeah. On some sure. levels. Yeah, that's, uh, you I know. Mean, uh, you're probably spending, I would guess, um, 2.4, 2.5 million a year for benefits for 300 people. I mean, well, that's, no, because the cost of providing them is significantly Oh, less. yeah, in the I Philippines. Mean, like, yeah. I mean, it's almost, it's almost exponential. I mean, what, yeah. what here would cost... 50 grand might be like 2,500 bucks there. And it's not a huge difference in care. It's the whole, it's the no, whole mechanism you're exactly right. of providing it. And then, you know, I think the one thing that, uh, okay, so I'm in this book. I never go to the doctor, man. I literally, I go like one time a year and quite honestly, it's because I have to, to get my Adderall prescription, <laughs> right? Like they won't, they won't renew me on it. And I'm like, that's okay. That to me is like a yeah. medical emergency. If that runs For out. Sure. Cause you don't want to, it's a long well, you, story. You bring up a good point but, as but it relates. It's not use. So like yeah. when we self-funded, it's, it's like a, like a use based thing and it's as needed, but I'm not paying this, this insane premium for people that might not use it. 
And then there's also like in foreign countries, there's different, they just, they, you know, the number one reason that someone calls in sick at full scale is they say high blood pressure. I've never had anybody in the United States be like, I think that's like a blanket excuse for like, I'm not feeling well or I have anxiety or something, but they say that. And that's like, you know, so there's, there's just a different perspective and, you know, I'm a big believer in, in thinking globally, it helps you locally and, you know, just examining that. But I think, you know, as we kind of wrap up with our time here and I want to give the mic back to you for like your advice about, I know you said some of its benefits management, but I know you see a lot of the data and stuff like that. Like when it, it, and, and I've changed the topic of this, of this episode from employer benefits to saving money on employee benefits, because <laughs> that makes a lot more sense of what we've talked yeah. about. I mean, I know that there was the three pillars you, you mentioned, but how do we arrive at, at these decisions? Like what's just some entrepreneur advice? What have you found that's worked? Like, I get mm-hmm. it. We've got the billing issues and stuff like that, but how do you, like you talk the hardest part about having a big number of employees is, well, some of them might be 60. Your needs are different at 60 than they are at 20 mm-hmm. and whatever. Like, how do we go about getting the right stuff or like, I don't know what's the, what are your closing remarks, Glenn? Yeah. So, uh, you, you know, can I think, just swear a whole bunch if you want. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're already down there. Yeah. So I think, you know, in 2023, um, you know, a lot of people are thinking that, you know, a recession or, harder economic times for businesses are probably out there. And I guess what I'd say is the, the expense benefits, which is typically number two or three on your, on your list of highest cost benefits is, is definitely controllable. And um, by getting access to the data, um, we can easily identify strategies and solutions to drive better plan performance and deliver money back to the employer that they can reinvest in other things or just have a higher enterprise value for their business when they go to sell. Yeah. The growth capital that you need might, you might be sitting on top of it. I think that all business owners get to, well, hopefully you get to a point where you realize you're sitting on excess capacity, which is basically in some cases you realize, Oh my God, I've got an embarrassment of riches here. Look, as a business owner and a startup founder, it's your job. So whether you have a part like no business partners, one co-founder, or you're publicly traded. If you're running your company, it's your job to increase your shareholder value. Even Absolutely. if you're the only shareholder, yep. the enterprise value is a big thing with that. Take time, examine it. And I really want to encourage you to follow my law of 12. Don't look at ex- expenses and recurring expenses, especially are made to seem small because they present them on a monthly thing. $50 a month is $600 a year. And if you multiply everything times 12, that's recurring. Like mm-hmm. it's going to change the way you think about the expenses because man, those numbers start to look a lot bigger and a lot better. And then honestly, you're probably spending money on a bunch of shit. You don't need to, whether it's employer or employee benefits or not always take some time and look at that and then figure out what you cancel, chop off, turn off, quit paying for and don't need and multiply that times 12. And it's a very gratifying feeling. Glenn, thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to go to navmd.com and figure out how to save some money now. All right, let's do it. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.
with the world.